So today, well, actually, my dog graduated from puppy class, which was great. So um, he was tied for the most amount of dog push-ups, which I didn't know was a thing. But it's a it's the sit command, the down command, and then the stand-up command. And he had 14 in one minute, so pretty impressive. That's awesome. I'm actually going to keep that in the podcast. I was like, what's a dog push-up? <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Dodgeball Podcast. Uh, definitely playing a bit of catch up here with this recap of Worlds um, and what took place the weekend of October 12th. And here to help me uh, do so with this segment is Emily Hotz. Um, Emily, thanks for hopping on again and being on here. No problem. My pleasure. And it, it is Hotz, right? Probably should have yes, asked. Hots. Okay. Yep. So easy. People like to put an L and say Holtz <laughs> or Hutz or Hutz, but super easy, just Hotz. Yeah, I, I'm guilty of that. I think I even said Holtz um, before we recapped um, Nationals. And I was like, wait a minute, there's no L there. That's all right. Um, well, awesome. Well, we were kind of talking offline, just like, you know, we're drawing from memory. Um, I, man, I had the best of intentions to follow everything, but I just fell off the face of the earth after uh, Thursday. So um, kind of just want to just dive into it and just what are your biggest takeaways from from worlds like what was what was it like let's just start there well it was my first world's experience ever so um going into it i wasn't exactly sure what to expect but uh, and i wouldn't say i'm someone who has this huge amount of usa pride and like cheering for my country in all these places but i gotta say at worlds i've never felt more usa pride in my life it's Definitely was like, here I am against the greatest dodgeball players in the entire world with people on my team who I know um, and I'm getting closer with as the week goes on and just kind of cheering for us and supporting us was a really, really cool experience. So I, I had a great time. I met a lot of people from other countries. Um, it's definitely unique. And I know a bunch of people who are like, yep, yeah, we're just going to Worlds every single year, whether we're on the team, on the alternates, whatever. And I can definitely see why. Yeah, I uh, I hear you on the going full America. Like, like I'm kind of the same way. But then when it comes to dodgeball, I get super like, USA better win. <laughs> and like, just, I don't know, like, even though I, I couldn't watch, I was really hoping for, you know, obviously gold medals across the board. And also, duh, first of all, congratulations. Um, yeah, I almost glossed over that small little detail. But um, <laughs> had, had you uh, had you followed any of the, uh, like, the world's events previous to dodgeball? You know, not that closely. I, I wasn't even really watching that much USA dodgeball video until I was gearing up for the combine and and sort of studying the techniques and play styles in the other countries. Um, and also the rules are quite different with the 20 minute halves and the sudden death rules. So, um, but other years I really hadn't watched other than kind of looking at who won and who got the medals. So this was my first experience really. Gotcha. And what, what made you decide to, to even pursue uh, playing and, and making the team? Um, you know, in the last few years, I finished graduate school, I finished my postdoc internship, and I am now just sort of in a full-time job position, which 
um, is a lot less work than all of the other things. So I've had a lot more free time to commit to going to the gym and playing dodgeball, practicing. Um, I've gone to a lot more tournaments over the last year or so and um, getting ready to go to Sin City this year, which I'm very excited about. Oh, nice. Um, for the first time. So I don't know. I think I've just had a lot more time to commit to dodgeball and that was recognized since I was invited to the combine. And then I just had a good combine weekend, which was also pretty cool. So very awesome. Yeah, yeah I know. And I made this threat earlier um, when we last talked, but definitely want to dive more into like your dodgeball background and, and where you came from and style and all that good stuff. But uh, for the sake of rabbit holes, as I'm really bad at this, um, <laughs> That's cool. So, I mean, you got to experience this from, you know, team of uh, USA Dodgeball being announced to how the, the players are going to be formed to the combine to, you know, the end product, which was the gold medal. Were you, um, were you at the, was, I think it was, was it Tuesday night? Like the welcome reception? It was Monday night. Monday, um, man. Yeah, it was the opening ceremonies were Monday and then there was a bar night and then I think... Tuesday was practice, and then there was another cocktail party, and then there was round robin, and then round robin, and then elimination. Yeah, it was a, I was, it was a whole week off from work. So <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of what I was getting at. So like, just from the very beginning when it was announced, like in October, it just seems like they really uh, pulled all the stops out for making this amazing impression and and setting the tone, and you know, talking to Jake about it, you know, just making sure that you know they make the best front possible. Do you feel like you're treated to that since you got to experience all of it? Like, uh, Yeah, I think they did an awesome job. I can't even imagine how much work goes on behind the scenes, but um, it was really cool to see all of the courts set up. They, look, they looked really great. All of the country's flags were hanging up, which also looked good. Um, there were like player uh, trailers, which had like, air conditioning and bathroom and it's where we like got all of our jerseys which was pretty cool and um i think tying in the whole hollywood theme there were like stars on the ground with all of the team players names on them which was also such like a cool small detail to throw in there so um i think they did a really good job that's awesome. See, that that's kind of what I was hoping to to cover. Is you know, there's there's tons of footage out there. Um, I think even like David Tate's like supplied some awesome commentary. So like people that actually want to see how the play went, that it's out there. But I wanted to like kind of capture things like that. So you you also said there were um, like team trailers. Like, did USA have one? Um, it was just like a general female trailer. Oh, I see. Trailer. So, um, but yeah, it was nice. Went in there. Um, one point to get all of my gear, change into my um, jerseys, and then also at one point just to like take a breather. It's you know it's a long, long time to be around so many people and at such a high level of cheering, and it was a good place to chill out for a few minutes. That's awesome. So have you had a chance to like decompress from everything and, and get back to normal life? Mostly, I'm still having some trouble with the time change because. You know, it's three hours, which isn't even that much. It's three-hour time difference, so um, three hours 
plus we were staying up until like the last night I was up until the bar closed and then I had a pack and um, I think I ended up going to sleep around 3.30 a.m. and then my flight, I had to get up at like 5.45. So um, the last few days there were so exciting. We were on such a high and not a lot of sleep, but trying to slowly, you know, settle back into the workload. I can only imagine. I mean, that's, you guys won like the biggest event there is out there. So like, how do you even... Like, how do you not party? How do you not stay up? How do you not, like, be jazzed about that and, and take a while to, to decompress and, and go back to regular life? Right, right. It was definitely cool. And I I only told one person that I worked with, the director of my my um, group practice, that I, where I was going. And he actually watched all of it. <laughs> nice. Which, and he, like, sent an email out to all of the other clinicians that – because um, I'm a, a child therapist and I guess they all had tuned in and watched the ceremonies and um, it was pretty cool. I guess it just got more people interested in dodgeball, which is what we strive to do. Yeah, it's definitely what we need for, for it to elevate and eventually get to Olympics and, and just just keep building off of that. Um, how did so how'd you guys like all come together so? I mean, you had how many practices would you say were available for for all of you guys to, to mesh and, and develop that synergy? So that's probably a difficult. It's a really difficult thing to do, and especially as an East Coast player, I was the only East Coast player on the team or in the alternates. And then there was, I think, what three people who weren't like Californian, close by LA people. So most people have been playing together for years. And then there was a lot of repeats from previous USA uh, team players before. So for me, the only time I really got to practice uh, with USA team members was at the combine. And then at the practices on um, was it Tuesday was the first team practice, but um, partly because I couldn't make the team practice that was the weekend or two before uh, Worlds. Uh, most people got out for that, but I was unable to make it, unfortunately. See, so it was kind of, um, it, it obviously helped that a, a solid amount of people were still West Coast heavy. Um, I think what you had some Arizona people, so that's a five hour drive, so that's not too bad. Right. Yeah, I was curious, like, with you and 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 Cat not being from the West, like, how that helped or or not helped, but just how it happened that you take all these individuals and produce, you know, the championship team. So, I mean, imagine in the future, hopefully, practices will will be a lot easier for you guys. And um, I'm just curious to see like how that's going to play out because it's it's a tall order to just you know gather everybody and be like, okay, now now go win and play against these these other countries and and do your best. Right, um, exactly. It's me. It was Cad. It was Paige, and uh, Ashley. Although Ashley has recently moved, but um, you know, there's a solid amount of us that weren't necessarily from that area. But um, I think the round robin gave us all gave us enough time to start gelling, to figure out which rotations were working, who worked well with who on the court, uh, and then by the time we got to the elimination bracket i think we were really in our groove you guys are fine-tuned i would i would say so um 
Yeah, so I I got to watch uh, one match, and that was against Australia, and I think that was my, that might have been the first one on Thursday. Um, Wednesday yes, or Thursday. that was our first um, round robin game. Yeah, so uh, you guys lost that one. I think it was. Do you remember the score by any chance? I think it was like seven five Australia, but something around there. Yeah, there was like. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. I think there was, there was a point where like towards the middle. It looked like uh, you guys were gonna were gonna come back and 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 take the victory, but then it seemed like it kind of just start to slip away from you guys. Um, now, obviously, you said like round robin was basically how you guys came together and, and figured out your your groove and whatnot. But did that put a bad taste in your guys' mouth, or did you guys say whatever? It's just round robin. We'll move on to the next one. Like, do you remember like how you rebounded from that? Yeah, that was that was a strong one. I think we were. Um, surprised at how it went but also not surprised because Australia is a good team they came in strong it felt like they just they were just closing the games they were making a ton of catches good plays even when we thought we were like okay we could wrap this up like we have strong players in still but they just kind of came through um I think I don't think it got us down I think it was like okay you know here we are we're at Worlds. We kind of have to step up our game. The level of competition here is just so strong. And then, you know, throughout the rest, um, it went really well for us. Yeah. I, well, I was wondered, uh, wondered, um, I was worried and wondering if that would um, in any way, like, kind of put you guys off. But as I've talked to um, several other players already, it's like, you know, the better ones just kind of shake it off and don't let that impact them. They don't carry that with them for the rest of the, of the event. Um, aside from Australia, like what were some of the, the, the tougher countries that, that showed up um, that you can rem- remember? Um, Canada definitely um, was a really, really strong team. And they we did a little bit better against them, I think, during round robin, actually. And then when we faced them in the elimination bracket, I felt like it was some of the most exciting dodgeball, like... I was like, I don't know which way this is going to go. They, Canada sort of has this, I, I would say similar to USA, but like, I feel really confident swagger. It was just like two teams against each other that were so confident that they're so good and like could win this that um, it could have gone either way. But uh, we just pulled it together in both cases. But they have such a strong team. I guess a good way to put it. Um... I got that impression too watching them. Like I was like these guys are contenders. Like they they'll, they'll probably be top three um, easily. And um, I think what were the standings? They weren't yeah. actually. Um, they ended up going against Australia for the bronze, and it was a really close game. I can't remember the score, but um, I mean both of those teams are just so strong that um, it was just kind of who's in the groove this game. Right. Um, I kind of wanted to dive into the brackets a little bit, but um, I also want to make the make the mention that I guess Malaysia was looking for a three-peat, um, so they had been, like, the favorite team to win. Do you think, is that fair to say? Like, were you guys thinking Malaysia's the team we got we to gotta take control of, or was it everybody? Um, I think we were probably most worried about Malaysia, just given their 
performances other years, but uh, given the way that both Australia and Canada played against us, um, they were definitely people we wanted to look out for. But going into it, Malaysia was on the top of our mind. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, and we can probably talk about that with, with men's, but I, I wonder if that was the same with them as well. And then I was reading... Um, the comments on because I got to catch the last what four five minutes of, of the championship game and I think you guys won like eight to five like you pretty much had like the last minute was just team USA won I even think everybody like stormed the court already and had to go back yeah. and like restorm the court again yeah. um, do you remember much of that match like just how like did you guys just start off the gates like come out swinging and already dominate or was it a battle like how did that last match go yeah, it was, if I re recall correctly, I think we won the first three games in a row. And nice. I that just put us in this place of like, okay, even though, you know, even if they come back a few, we have this pretty big buffer at this point. Um, and we, I think we maintained the lead the entire time. So it was just a really good way to start it. It made us feel really confident and solid going into it. Um, and like I said, by then, the... I think they ended up changing the rotation a little bit of the players. Um, so I think they just really keyed in on the players that were working well together. So um, it was a it was a good match. I do recall sort of like feeling super excited. People started rushing and then we we're like, wait, 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 we have to play this out, even though there's no way that they can come back at this point. Uh, just kind of going by the rules. Yeah. The, um, so I was listening to Bill Fisher's commentary, and he's the one that mentioned the three-peat upset. And also, um, he's like, well, there's still there's still dodgeball that needs to be played out. And it was all for uh, for pride at this point. And um, that's got to feel good, though. Like, just you already know you've won. This isn't like uh, best two out of three where this final match will dictate who wins. It's, no, we, we're pretty much, as long as we don't completely, you know, crap the bed, it's ours. Um, what was that like? Just just hearing people chanting USA and uh, just being in that that moment. Um, do you remember what that was like for you? I mean, definitely. Like, I just got the tingles when you said that. The like the, the <laughs> yeah, it's uh, just feeling that connected to USA and like we are the top fifteen female dodgeball players in the country in the world because we're winning at this point. Um, it's just a really cool feeling and we have so much support in the crowd. I mean, we had some awesome fans that were super dressed up, face painted, wigs on, just like starting all these cheers. It was, it was a really cool experience to be a part of. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, have you played dodgeball since then by any chance? Um, I've played Monday night, um, just like rec league foam but they're squishier balls. They're not um, regulation balls. Um, and it's funny. I was making – it's a social league, so I'm not playing it as seriously. But at one point, I think it was like three to one, and then I like made this crazy block and then a catch and then a hit, and then I won the game, and everyone started cheering USA. <laughs> <laughs> nice. It was awesome. Yeah, I was going to ask, like, did, did your – like, did the balls come slower at that point? Because um, – I mean, with elite, that'll always happen. Like you go from an elite tournament to to regular play back at home, and it's like, man, this ball's taking forever to get to me, and you kind of have that those like heightened heightened powers, I guess. But uh, sounds like that was the case for you. Like you're just wiping out teams by yourself. 
yeah, yeah, it's just uh, I just had that feeling and went with it, and uh, yeah, it was awesome. That's really cool. Um, I was gonna ask, like, so what's you mentioned Sin City, uh, which will be a blast. It's, it's like I think it's gonna be like my fifth time going, and I I just I'm always sad when it's over. I'm like, well, gotta reset the clock now. 364 <laughs> more days, but. Uh, are you uh, are you going to participate in anything else in the meantime uh, between now and I guess in city or the next elite season? Um, I don't think so. I'm trying to. I think it was like national worlds and then just kind of like coasting for a little while, which I think most of the dodgeball community does. We just kind of take this as like a little bit of a rest time and then ramp up again. So I'm yeah. pretty sure I've got a bit of a break. Plus, it's the holiday season and the new year, so. Um, it'll be good to take a little bit of time to recover. I'll say, and, and just savor that metal and, and polish it and talk to it and just enjoy, <laughs> exactly. as you said, being, being on top right now, that's, that's gotta feel amazing. Um, what, uh, is there one single event aside from winning that you remember the most that you were just like super excited to be a part of, or you'll remember forever kind of, uh, more tingles, I guess. Um, I think just the cheering in general, I think watching, watching the boys play and cheering for them was a really awesome experience too. Cause being on the court, I mean, I was doing shagging most of the time since I was an alternate and not activated, um, unfortunately, but so being on the court, looking for the balls, shagging the balls, I'm not as a hundred percent in it as you are just on the sidelines watching. So watching the boys play and cheering for the boys. And I was sitting with some of the girlfriends of the players as well. Um, that And plus we were behind the Australian, they call themselves the Australian drinking team. <laughs> they like bought out the courtside seats with the bottle service. And they were probably the loudest cheers there, but being a part of that was pretty awesome too. That's awesome. So there's bottled service there? Yep, there was oh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. There was eight, like, courtside seats with, like, they had these, like, black curtains around them, and they had people bringing drinks and mixers. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. That's so cool. Man, um, freaking Jake putting that together. <laughs> <laughs> just, just doing the treatment. Oh, man, I'm so, so jealous I didn't make it. Like, that's, I don't know, for some reason, like, pretty much every single tournament I've ever been to, I played in. So I never re really got to go to one as a true spectator. And I realized this when I was watching Bells and like, it just brought a new sense of excitement for the game and appreciation and just not having um, anywhere to be. Like I can watch whatever match I wanted to. And so I was like super excited for Worlds and I found out I couldn't make it. I was like, oh, this, this sucks. Like I'm so yeah. excited to, to spectate, but I, I can't wait for, for next year already. Just, just watching like all the all the videos and comments and, and seeing all the photo, photos and whatnot. But, um, oh man, I was going to ask something else about the setup. Um, I was going to say, did the fact that you knew you were going to be watched um, impact how you played or prepared at all? Like, did that weird you out that, you know, people from all over the world are watching? You know, I definitely was thinking about that while I was even just like standing on the sidelines. I was like, there's a camera on me and I'm being live streamed somewhere. Like, 
you know, I shouldn't like pick my nose or something or it, I was definitely thinking about that. But, um, you know, since I wasn't activated and didn't play uh, during any of the matches, I feel like there was a little bit less stress and less anxiety, which in a way is a, a silver lining to it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's uh, the same thing. I can't get over like just what it must feel like, though, just to be like that. That's what's going on right now in the world dodgeball. It's it's right there in LA, and um, just watching people um, absorb and, and take part of it. It's, it's got to be really incredible. Um, were you part of that meme that with like Mark's holding the sign? Speaking of people oh watching God. you. <laughs> Yes, it's a horrible <laughs> picture of me. I'm like standing in front of him, and it's the one where I'm like blinking and like looking down. So, oh my god, it's horrible. And yeah. Kat, Kat's in it too. And Kat's like, oh my gosh, why did they pick that picture? <laughs> That's incredible. I think I'm, I gotta pull it up right now um, on my phone, but I think I, I made a comment like, was it, this is like, Emily is not impressed? Or I said, oh my like, god, <laughs> I didn't see that. That's awesome. And very true. <laughs> yeah, I definitely. Uh, I'll have to send it to your tag you in it. But I was like, yeah, Emily is not impressed. And then somebody, um, I think it's Sergio Leone's like, neither is Cat. And I was just like, you guys <laughs> look so un- unimpressed of what's going on. It was is- probably like <laughs> some intense moment or after we had like lost a point or something because otherwise we were just like cheering. My like fist was in the air all the time. And like, of course, they picked that one picture. Okay. The one time you're not doing anything. Exactly. <laughs> of course. Yeah, I got to find that. That that meme, by the way, it's, it just cracks me up. I'm like, oh, please let somebody, and they're already doing it perfect. Like, <laughs> they're already in, inserting comments there. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, I kind of want to go back to what you're saying about, like, when you guys are rooting for Team USA, because every time I would see uh, either you guys playing or the, or the men playing, it would seem like there was a following of support from, from both uh, men's and women supporting each other. So I thought that was really cool, um, just seeing that everybody's bought in, as you said earlier. Like we're we're all here for for to represent our country and 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 uh, support each other. Um, was there anybody that that you kind of relied on or or kind of just um, helped you along this this path of of hopping on Team USA and, and getting this far? Um, I think all of the alternates for the women's team came together. A lot which was really cool I mean all of you Team USA we definitely came together and it was good get to get to know some of these um, players that I had never really even some of them spoken to before East Coast West Coast there's not a ton of overlap other than nationals so it was really great to get to know everyone but us alternates really bonded together and we're like okay how can we help the team as best as possible, you know, and just like great shagging, good job, nice job. Um, so we were definitely supportive and um, joking around with each other, and then just trying to help the players out as best we can, just trying to bring them up if they were down or, um, you know, mad at themselves for not making the best play, just trying to turn their attitude around and trying to be positive. Um, and like you said, there was a lot of support from the men's team. They were always following us around, cheering for us, and vice versa. We just, no matter what, we're watching their games, um, cheering for them. Um, it was, yeah, it was definitely a lot of support. That's awesome. Yeah, I was going to say, like, um, 
I keep going back to like the whole like journey because um, you know even as an alternate that you said you weren't activated, you still played a huge role, and you weren't um, you didn't just like hop on. You know, like some teams will be like, we need a body because you know our last guy got hurt or whatever, and now we just anybody that can be like you were selected and you engage in the practices and whatnot. So it definitely doesn't um, take away from the accomplishment of the, of the team as a whole. And um, I think that's what I really liked was just the amount of buy-in that everybody had. And so that's kind of where I was going with that that comment earlier. But um, do you have to uh, try out next year? Like, has it been discussed, like, what happens now um, for the next Team USA? Or do you guys, like, hold your slots? Or do you know um, how that works? That's a great question. I don't... I don't think that anything is guaranteed. I would say maybe other than like a combine invite would be my guess. Um, and I've also heard rumors already that they're going to have fewer alternates next year than they did this year, which I agree with. I think this was the first time that they had this many players selected for Team USA and even if they activated as many people as they could, there still would be extra people. So um, some of the feedback that I gave was that they should really only accept as many people as could potentially be activated. Um, and then even if the players are sitting and not necessarily going in for the entire rotation, they still would get some play time. Um, but in terms of next year, uh, I think people are just still relishing in the fact that um, the USA got gold for women, silver for men's, and I haven't heard anyone talk about next year's Team USA yet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I might have to calm down then. <laughs> <laughs> Although uh, I'm like, oh, I hope I can actually make the team next year. Um, I think, I just don't think people are quite there yet. Yeah, I definitely need to relish it and enjoy the victory and the accomplishment. And I feel like it's, from what Worlds used to be, or at least what Team USA's involvement used to be and how, you know, the team was made without trying to get into the controversy or whatever. I feel like this is a much better presentation of, of the whole thing and it's really exciting and um, everybody that was a part of it um, should be patting themselves on the back and just hopefully recharging so they can do it again next year. Um, but I think you answered my question too. Like, if, even if you had to try it again, obviously you would. Mm -hmm. Definitely would try out again for sure and I feel like seeing seeing the play and seeing all of the USA team players that were activated and playing I do feel like I learned a lot from them and I saw a lot of strategy and I sort of feel like I know what the selection committee might be looking for that I didn't give them um, this past combine and I would share but I feel like I'd be giving secrets away so nice. <laughs> Cool and totally understandable. Um, I was gonna say, um, oh yeah, so strategy. So the um, were there any any teams? And I meant to ask this one earlier, but were there any teams that like had or brought a style of dodgeball that you've not seen yet? Like, I mean, I know it's foam, and I know that it's that the rules are 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 different. But was there any strategies that you like? You've, I've never seen this before, or anything that like really took you by surprise in terms of like how other teams uh, play dodgeball. Or other countries? Um, I guess Malaysia probably comes comes to mind for that. Two for two reasons. One, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, one of the reasons is they get really, really small. Their players, I don't know how, but they like hide themselves so well behind a ball, and they like 
sit in the corner right near the line and they just have that ability. Whereas I feel like you look at our team and we're not necessarily getting super small on the ground and trying to hide behind a ball, which for them worked out a lot of the time. Um, but we do a lot of jumping and that sort of thing. Um, and then the other thing that stood out about the Malaysian team, I actually can't remember if the women did this, but definitely the Malaysian men team, um, they had a tendency to sort of throw balls up in front of them so that if a ball was coming towards them, it would hit that ball and then it would be a dead ball and they couldn't get out. So this, this was done in two ways that I saw one way was with the balls they were holding. Like if they had a ball in each hand, they would just let go of it just before the ball hit them. And then the other way that I saw is if there were three balls that they had on their side, they would hold two ball, uh, one ball in each hand and squeeze the third ball in the middle and then sort of lift their hands up to throw the third ball up in front of them so that it would hit that ball. So I had never really seen that before. That was pretty interesting. And I'm not sure it worked out a lot of the time. I feel like half of the calls, the, the refs were like, okay, I guess it hit the ball and it was dead. But Half of the time they said it was too close to tell if you actually let go or not. So we think that you're out. Yeah, that's that's interesting. And I, I've honestly, I've thought about doing that before. Just like a, like a, a out of reflex, just like a real quick, hey, let this ball hit the other one. But then if you miss, you kind of just gave up your only chance of like protecting yourself. So I've never really tried it. And with foam, I wouldn't even dare because uh, when you're playing against people like Ketchum and Dylan, they can just teleport balls into you. It doesn't matter what you do. Right, but I wonder. I have to see if I could watch them, see if they do that successfully. But it must be a pain to ref. Um, this could be frustrating. Yeah, I can't even imagine how to figure out. It's like one another one of those situations where instant replay would be super helpful. Yeah, yeah that's interesting. I wonder if that. Um, I wonder if anybody's, I wonder if anybody's going to try to take that and, and use it in the, on the U.S. side, and full. We'll, we'll start seeing that now. Now that. I know to look out for it. Um, so let's go ahead and let me just ask one more time or see if there's, was there anything else that uh, stood out, like any plays or players or just um, like really awesome things that we might not have covered or touched on that um, you can recall? Well, there was definitely, I mean, USA had a ton of awesome catches. Like um, Ashley Cook had this one catch actually that she, I don't even think she was intentionally trying to catch it, but she caught it on like the side of her thigh, which was really cool. So that was an awesome catch. And then, um, Kate Gong also had this crazy catch that I also don't think was quite planned, but so when she dodges, she sort of goes down on her belly face down to the floor and her feet sort of come up behind her like a scorpion kind of um which i know sounds a little weird and so she did it at one point i can't even remember who we were playing um and the ball lodged behind her knees as her legs were kicking up behind her as she was face down on the ground and she caught the ball and everyone was like what the heck? it was it was um it was really funny i, w I hope there's a video of it somewhere Whatever, Kate. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not surprised, and that's that's kind of why I was like having a hard time throwing that question out there because it's like you're looking at the nation's best. Like, did anybody do anything cool? Of course they did. Like, I'm sure that's that's all. It was just three days of people of the best doing what they're good at, and what they're known for. But um, 
if a scorpion leg catch that's that's new yeah right that's new and also again just not not surprising in any way shape or form from from kate she's she's a freaking monster um I gotta see that now. Yeah. I hope. I hope. I, I wonder if she remembers it, and I sort of wonder if part of it was intentional. I would love to ask her at some point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, without you know, without talking to her about, it, I would say possibly. I mean, if if you're trying to deflect a ball, and you're able to catch it, like some part of you was aware of what was going on. So I don't know. It, it it'd be good to get inside her head and find out what what's going on when she's making these amazing catches and and. Um, completely wrecking teams um i wanted to ask is i just thought of this too what are you guys gonna like get tattoos or do anything crazy um like <laughs> like what men's did for 2015 i think i didn't After, know they got tattoos that's awesome <laughs> oh yeah no they was it 2014 2015 well the last time the men's men's team won um they all got matching tattoos and i think it was like nine the number nine or however many people were on the team, so they they went you know did something very like very uh, sentimental like that. So I was, was curious if there was any talk of of doing that something like that for you guys, or how you're gonna like encapsulate the memory, or if if anything like that had had circulated. Um, I heard a few people sort of joking about it afterwards, saying tattoos, tattoos. Are we gonna get them? Are we gonna get get them? And I think some people were more excited than others and someone had made a joke like what would we get at dodgeball and someone was like no that would look like a pimple because it would just be like a red <laughs> circle <laughs> and I was like oh yeah I guess that wouldn't be the best one so um, I haven't really heard any definitive things that uh, Team USA is going to get um, but we've got a, a lot of pictures a lot of video and a lot closer friendships at least um, for me not being on the west coast so definitely a lot of memories yeah definitely so yeah so did your friendship um you know facebook lists like expand a little bit did you have people that you talk to from other countries now and yeah yeah definitely i even like friended some people from you know us just west coast people i hadn't necessarily had conversations with before and um some players from other countries and uh, traded my jersey, which I didn't even know that was a thing, but I had three people from other countries ask me for my jersey. So now I have a Malaysian jersey, an Australian jersey, and a Hong Kong jersey as well. So that's pretty nice. cool. And I'll be wearing those around to dodgeball. Oh, man, dang it. I'm so, so bummed to make it. Um, that's that's an awesome haul there. Um, were you, you didn't know that uh, swapping jerseys was a, th- was a thing or like that people in dodgeball did it? I, I just didn't know like people in dodgeball did it at Worlds and I didn't even bring all of my jerseys to the last day. I didn't I just didn't know to do that, but um, I brought them to the restaurant bar place we went after and ended up swapping with people. But people were swapping all sorts of things like sweatpants, leggings, <laughs> like long sweet shirts, hoodies. I mean I was like, Whoa <laughs> some things I wouldn't wouldn't want to swap if, if somebody's been sweating in it, but uh, hoodies I can understand. That that makes sense. Um. Yeah, we did get some pretty awesome Team USA hoodies. It's I've been wearing it like every day. That's awesome. Must be nice because it's like eighty-five degrees out here, so I don't think we'll have a hoodie season the way things oh are going. Oh my god! Yeah, it's like thirties and forties already out here. Yep. Some people actually have winter. That's crazy. Um. <laughs> So yeah, so sorry. Another question. So what's it like when people come up to you asking for your jersey? Like, what does that feel like? 
it was really cool. It was definitely a compliment and um, was more than willing to, to swap with them. Uh, I mean, I think I do have a cool last name, Hots. So it's like, okay, yeah, I get why you'd want my, my jersey. Um, but yeah, it was definitely a good feeling. And it's like, man, I definitely want to have jerseys from other countries too. Like, how cool is that? It's not really something you can just like go out and buy. No, and it, the fact that it was given to like somebody that wore that, that, that just adds to the, the fact that it's just invaluable. You can't, you can't purchase that. Right. Very cool. Um, I think that's all I got. Otherwise, I'm going to start veering into just like getting to know you more and, and finding more about your, your, your dodgeball story and all that stuff, which um, I definitely want to do probably like in the earlier episodes of, of season three. Um, so I definitely want to reconnect then. But um, I think uh, I think that's good for now, unless there's anything else that you want to mention or anything else that might have come to mind. Um, Not really. I feel like that's... That's all I can remember. <laughs> awesome. Very cool. Well, um, I guess we, we can go ahead and end the segment there. Awesome. So that was, uh, as, as, as we mentioned, just a real quick recap of the um, overall experience on Emily's perspective. Emily, thank you so much for, for hopping on and, and be willing to do that. Like, like I said, there's, there's so much footage out there. If, uh, if people really want to delve into who did what and what teams look the best, I mean, just check out YouTube and rack up those views. But um, now we're going to go ahead and move on to men's, uh, the men's segment. Alrighty, so now I've got uh, Dominic Borgia with me, and he's going to kind of help me kind of uh, round out the rest of the recap from his perspective and kind of also provide what he saw from both men's and women's respectively. Uh, Dominic, thanks for hopping on, man, especially last minute. I, I really appreciate it. Dude, thanks. I've been so excited. I've, I've been really waiting to get on a podcast with you. Uh, so it's pretty cool. And I think, you know, as since I didn't play and I mostly watched, I think my perspective is going to be uh, a little bit different than uh, most people's that you might talk to about this. Um, I can start with like just the layout. Um, the the layout when you first like the first during the uh, round robin games, there was five courts and it looked it looked really nice. Like I don't know what floors they used, but like they were like these fake laminate floors, and they looked so good. They looked professional. And then when when everything switched, and let me tell you, the most important thing that I'm going to tell you in this entire podcast is Team Australia brought it when it came to moving the courts and resetting up there was more australian people fans whatever i don't even know all of them that were there helping move the entire courts and redoing they basically took the five courts broke it down and reset an entire new stage up for the final day and all of the australian people stayed i was there till two o'clock in the morning and i'm on east coast time in la oh man so and i'm like you yeah, I'm I'm dying. I'm like I got I barely remembered the ride ride home, and those guys were like they were dancing, they were taking, they were singing. I was like, oh my god, there there wasn't even that many American players there. There was a few from LA that I that were out there, but Australia, like as a whole, they brought it, and I was so impressed by that. I was like, man, I don't know what we would have done because they had to bring in bleachers and set all those up. And those guys, they were like originally told us 
they're like, oh yeah, it's going to take us a couple hours. And I'm like, holy crap, it's going to take us a couple hours. And they just removed everything. And I was just like, wow, this looks really, really good. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I'm glad you brought that up because I, I don't think we covered it too much when I spoke with Emily. Um, but like, I remember seeing on Instagram just how awesome Australia was. And it looked like they were just setting up, I guess what you talked about, uh, converting, you know, the, the, the opening a uh, few days stadium into or, or court to, to just one. And that's all I've been hearing uh, through Jake, through Grace, through some of the people that were there was just, Australia was just so awesome. Um, just a great bunch of, of people to be around and they're so helpful. So um, yeah, right out the gate, I'm glad you mentioned that. Oh, and you know what? Like sticking with like the people who came out, the crowd was insane. There was so many Australian fans, so many Malaysian fans, and so many US, USA fans, I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Like hearing like, they would get like a chant. I don't know if you had a chance to watch the uh, recap live streams yet, but hearing the chant, all of a sudden people would be chanting for Malaysia or somebody would be chanting, you know, for Canada. And then like the US uh, people would just drown it out. Nice. Like the, it, the crowd was great. I actually expected more US local players to show up unfortunately i guess you know a lot of players couldn't come but like the crowd like tyler tyler dressed up in like that huge muscle suit i don't know if you saw a picture of that tyler gear it, it was so amazing no i think someone I was dressed that. as uncle sam it was it <laughs> was great good. the crowd was amazing oh man and i'm gonna give a personal shout out i really hope hashimoto is listening because his grandfather and his family helped me so I'm going to give them a huge shout out. Uh, I actually had three cameras set up and my back camera all the way in the top. I had to keep running up and down the stairs to check it. And his family actually watched my camera to keep making sure it was recording. And then another family, I don't know who, what player it was, um, but like their mom came. They're like, hey, the battery died. I don't know how to switch it. They brought my camera down and put it back up and pushed it back on to record. That's awesome. I was like. I was like, this community is so amazing. I, I just was so impressed, so impressed by the quality and everything. That's really cool. Yeah, I mean, if we in the last couple of episodes, just been like, oh man, the dodgeball community has been, uh, like, there's been complaints and, and and whatnot. But there's also, I think, at its core, when it matters the most, you have solid people helping out, and and they're just completely stellar and and um, selfless, and that's awesome. And um, yeah, Elijah Hashimoto. Did you get to obviously got to see a lot of like, uh, was it feed the beast? Like all those hashtags popping up. Do you, <laughs> what was that about? Uh, oh yeah. Well, during round robin, Mark actually like brought a whiteboard <laughs> and was writing on the whiteboard, kind of like Ketchum did at nationals. And so it was it was great. I tried to capture it as much as possible, but then like, you know, people were having. Um, like air horns and you know the big signs and i don't know i guess you know you kind of got to do a little bit of respect to the other players and it's a little distracting so we tried to limit it after round robin but it was really funny and mark was having a blast like i don't think i've seen mark smile so much other than watching people suffer for playing too much dodgeball that's awesome i'm glad mark I'm glad to hear mark is smiling uh, that poor guy <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, they, they, listen, all of those guys all work so hard. 
so hard. Uh, you know, we are so lucky to have like all of the people like Jake and Mark and Glenn and Vince and all of those people really like step up and help our dodgeball world, you know? So I'm, I'm always grateful for, for those guys for stepping up. Yeah, for sure. Especially, um, not to, not to, that's a plug my not to toot my own horn, but like after the OG discussions that we've been having, thanks to uh, Joseph Capella's uh, suggestion, I think you can understand or at least get a, a feel for like what life used to be like before people like Mark and, and Jay came along and, and helped and, and created dodgeball the way it is now. So I've, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll never have anything but gratitude for for people that step up and, and do what they're doing. So um, well, I can definitely I can tell you. Uh, I, I see, I, I don't like talking about dodgeball politics. I absolutely and utterly hate dodgeball politics. Um, but I will tell you this event was run so well compared to, uh, the other worlds that I went to. Awesome. It's yeah. Just, I was, was yeah. going to ask, I was going to, I was going to bring that up. Um, but let, let me, let me back up just real quick. So, so initially I just to do some housekeeping. Um, yeah. initially I announced that I was going to most likely talk to, I think Bill Fisher, uh, Nick Vectorian and possibly Lucas, uh, to help kind of recap what happened. Um, but because I've been so out of the loop and just discombobulated, um, with, what I had to do during that weekend. It was, it was really hard to, to organize everything. So when, um, I forgot what thread it was, but when you mentioned I'm available to record anytime, it's like, it's like those cartoons that light bulb finally, <laughs> like finally clicks. It's like, holy crap. I've had Dominic this whole time with, with everything that you've experienced. <laughs> like, why didn't you think of this like a year ago? <laughs> like that's so far behind him. So, um, yeah, I just want to, I mean, I, I literally have gone to almost every tournament and I'm yeah. like, nah. <laughs> Like I'm, I'm, I've been here the whole time, so, <laughs> so uh, yeah. Thank you for that, and thank you for I guess uh, just being patient with me. But um, yeah, so let's. I, I kind of want to ask. So you said when you walk in, the, the 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 grandeur, for lack of better words, just hits you, right? Like you, it felt like you're in a professional stage or, oh. or setting or venue. Oh yeah, it was it was this really huge studio in LA, uh, LA Hangar Studio, I believe it was, and like just like the whole atmosphere was just completely different from like any other dodgeball tournament. Like you walk in and you're just like, wow, this is something special because it's not in a basketball court. It is not in some gym or an auditorium, like the fit expos where it's like the fences. It's like, this is a production studio. Like they film battle bots there. Hmm. <laughs> And seems, you know, seems highly appropriate. To yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah uh, it's funny you mention that because you, you remind me of like this weird sensation you get like when you walk in through any dodgeball venue, you just you're you're walking into as you said like a, a college basketball court, like something that that's not there to exist just for dodgeball. But you walk into some place like Minneapolis for me, I was like, this is amazing. This is a gorgeous venue. I don't even care that this has to do with like basketball and volleyball primarily. This feels like it can be converted to a wonderful dodgeball venue, and so it was. But like walking into something that was built intentionally for dodgeball, I haven't experienced that yet. So that that's a uh, that's a point I'm really glad that you brought up. Um, without getting into the politics too much, uh, I'm just gonna ask like, how did that compare to when you walked into the WDA venue? <laughs> 
Oh, well, I will tell you, I actually did, <clears throat> I, refed, I refed both tournaments because Jake, um, Jake desperately needed some people to help, like, line ref. Um, because, you know, time-wise, they started at 3 o'clock. A lot of the local players had to work. I was working East Coast hours. So I refed both in New York and in L.A. Man. And so I saw pretty much, like, the whole prospect of both sides. And by far, the one that just happened in L.A. was by far blows it out of the water. The other one was last minute in the gym. It wasn't very organized. The guy who runs our local league in New York, he was, you know, basically like running everything. And like he wasn't, he was originally just supposed to help find like a location or two. And it just, it was not as organized. And like the final, final venue where they actually ended up playing the Hulu theater, it was two courts, it was dark. Um, I mean, it was cool to play at Madison Square Garden, like to actually sit in the theater and watch that. But I don't know. There was something just missing. And I know I might get a lot of <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <I laughs> it's all good. For you. It's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> it was bound to happen. <laughs> it was bound to happen. But, you know, I might get some slack for this. But the flooring alone at Madison Square Garden, I took pictures of this because it blew my mind that we allowed it to happen. But, like, players were playing on a concrete floor where there were screws because it's a production theater there's screws in the ground like they taped over it for safety and i'm just like are you kidding me i'm like the players are playing on this and i genuinely felt for their safety i'm like someone's gonna fall and land on this and get hurt and you know the floors at the la hangar studio where the last world the la world was there was those same concrete floors. Like I saw them, I saw the screws and screws in the ground, but instead of letting players play on that, they got floors to go on top of that. So it looked professional. And mm. I appreciated that so much, not just for my own safe sake, but like for the player's sake, I'm like, you guys are getting quality floors. You're not just playing on concrete. So it's just like complete attention to detail. And the small things like screws that are protruding from the court matter, and also so does not playing on concrete. Because yeah. that, that, if you're over thirty, that wears on the joints pretty bad. Like I remember, yeah. I remember I used to be able to play on concrete and think nothing of it, but the last time I tried, I was like, yeah, no more. Um, and, and that's you know that's open gym. That's that's not that's not even like league worthy, uh, let alone uh, a world stage and. I keep teasing that I do want to go into the the full on WDA versus WDBF, and I and I know there's Ooh. there's been a slow build to it, but um, it, it's just one of those things. It's like it from my viewpoint, and maybe I'm only speaking for myself, but like I, I do not in any any way want to criticize the players of WDA. Like I understand they're representing the U.S., and I really wanted them to do as best as possible. And I, I appreciate their passion and, and want and support them just as much as I would WDBF. It's the way it's handled that drives me crazy. And that's where I feel like I want to, to discuss it. So, um, I, I agree. Um, I 100% agree. I think that's where like just the organizational status, like, like the way that it's run, like I was given, like, for example, for me, for my documentary, I told them 
what I was doing. And I had like security guards like, no, you can't go film over there. And I'm like, what? Like I was limited on where I could go at Madison Square Garden. Like I couldn't go on the courts. Whereas at the WDBF Worlds, I could do whatever I want. And so for my suggestion for you, if you do do this panel, please put Alan on this panel because Alan has spoken to Ed. He's like had the whole debate. I would love for his input on this to maybe debate with some of the OG guys because that would be an amazing debate. So I've, I've, I've hinted towards this a few times and, and he and I had a good hour and a half, two hour conversation of one OG from my perspective of how I've engaged, conversed, and how I know Ed Prentice versus what he was, uh, you know, modern day, for lack of better words. And um, before that conversation, I just wanted to go in freaking arms swinging, guns blazing, down with the WDA and in, in, in all kinds of, of, of ways that we from the West Coast hold um, that kind of grudge, I guess, for lack of better words. But he was able to kind of help me pull my head out of my ass, so to speak, and, and just kind of think about it in a, as objective way as possible. And then I talked to Jake and I was like, oh, no, I'm angry again. But then there's, there's, so I'm finding balance. And, and that's what I feel is, is kind of what I'm waiting on is to have it in a very balanced, fair way. That's not just, you know, 80% anti WDA, 20% meh, you know? So I, I agree. Like Alan, I feel is very good for that. And without giving too much and, and getting too, too far from WDBF, I'm hoping that the OG panel helps air out some of the, the grievances that we that we carry and then by the time we get to that actual conversation it's it's like almost like a, a clean slate like everything nasty that we're supposed to let out is out and then we can start talking about like the actual differences that matter so yeah man i, I agree and probably um it'll be fun figuring out how we're gonna put that together but I, I could say too like i think i'm like alan in the sense that i never like even at the worlds i didn't actually have any communication with ed i didn't have any grievances i basically went in as somebody who's never been to wdbf or and never been to w uh da never had been any any of those tournaments i didn't really have any association i went in thinking okay cool we're gonna play let me see what this is gonna look like and i was just like okay and then i go to the worlds in la and i'm like all right now i've seen both um aspects and that's what i base it on i don't base nice. it on any of the past politics because i wasn't there i didn't experience it i wasn't a player in any tournaments i haven't been playing dodgeball nearly as long as some of those guys on the og panel and i can't really pass judgment on that i can only pass judgment on what i see that's awesome and so you're on so it'll be you me and alan for sure <laughs> and then uh, we'll figure out the rest but that that's perfect like that's exactly what I'm trying to do, I'm trying to air all the negativity that's been pent up for years, get it out, and then we'll have that. Okay, what do you guys see? Like, how do, how does it compare for you guys? But um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, don't mean to keep teasing it and, and throwing it out there, but that's, that's just the <laughs> the rationale behind my brain and what's going on. But let's go back to WDBF and yeah. Um, oh my God, so much good stuff about WDBF's worlds. Like, <laughs> international play is amazing. Like, I was recording one game. And half the time I was turning, watching another game or like seeing what the crowd was going on. And there was, okay. So the one game that I'm going to tell you the game that you guys, if anyone out there is listening to wants to go back and watch, please go watch worlds court three 
Hong Kong versus Malaysia elimination game. Uh, it's at one hour and 50 minutes is about when it starts. The skill level that Hong Kong and Malaysia have is amazing. The, the guy was doing like, I, ha- I actually wrote down the time, time marks because I was so impressed because these games, the score didn't show it because Hong Kong uh, lost pretty, pretty bad. But each game went down to one-on-one and like it was, it was some of the best one-on-one dodgeball I've ever seen. And the guy, one of the guys was doing like hand plant dodges. And I think during the Malaysia game with the U S that one of the same guys did like a belly flop in the air. And I was just blown away by the moves that these guys had. I'm like, Holy cow. Uh, if you want to go watch some great dodgeball, go watch that game because that game was amazing. I'm glad you brought that up because I, I was I was gonna read uh, David Tate's really thorough and pretty awesome uh, written recaps of, of the championship matches. I think he did like almost game per game, and the really cool comparison that he said is the differences in body types proved to be a result of the way these two different countries approach the game of dodgeball for the usa overwhelming firepower paired with a strong catching ability is the name of the game however for malaysia the style plays all about speed agility and how quickly uh you can fire off in an accurate solo counterattack. so you know we're, we're used to seeing we look at the lineup uh, and it's just as tate's put it overwhelming firepower solid catching ability and maybe the occasional need to dodge here or there but then do you kind of agree with that with like what malaysia brings speed agility and dodging and and like how did how do they match that that you were able to see yeah malaysia definitely they have they play with the the dodging ability alone is a game changer they play more strategic i think than uh most teams these guys all practice probably together for years and months at a time preparing for these games. And like watching, I want to say the women's Malaysia team, uh, they had lost and like they were just like the women were just in tears. And this is one of the things I was going to bring up is just the players like caring about each other for how much effort that these guys are putting into it. Like, I was so impressed by that. And like team Malaysia, like they fought, they came back. Like they fought, we were up. I think I had it written down. I think we were up like two or three to nothing when uh, all of a sudden they, they started coming back and I'm just like, Oh my God, this is going to happen. And then all of a sudden it comes down to a final game. And I actually learned something uh, from one of the USA women's team. Uh, I forget who told me it. Well, who told me this? But the way that they block in the no blocking is they kind of like block, but like they throw the ball and they let go of the ball as they're blocking. And I didn't notice that until like they pointed it out, and I'm like, that is interesting because I did notice like when they had the two foam balls during no blocking, they would place the balls in front of them, and it would be no blocking, so they wouldn't touch it. But if you try to throw at their knees where they can't catch, the ball would just block. And so they strategically countered what we were doing. They learned very quickly because 
The other USA-Malaysia uh, game in round robin was also a one-game, uh, a one-point game difference. And it's very interesting how Malaysia can adapt and change so quickly in a game style and a gameplay and learn your, your players. It also doesn't help that we stepped out of bounds a couple times, but you know, Malaysia themselves, like the practicing, the warm-ups, completely different uh, warm-ups than I've seen most teams do. Wow. Yeah. It, so I really mentioned that, that blocking and uh, Tate's also talked about it where it, it just, it's, it's probably really frustrating to ref, but valid. I mean, if you throw at me and I just like chuck my ball, whoops, I actually threw my imaginary ball into the mic. <laughs> <laughs> if I chuck my ball, you know, and it clears my hands and it hits yours, that ball, that's about as close to a block as you can get during a no blocking scenario. And when you talk about like adapting, like I wonder if they actually have drills where like, okay, no blocking, but they found a way to still incorporate some form of blocking. That's pretty incredible. And um, what's uh, David Taze, he, he was explaining, and I'm probably gonna butcher his name. Sorry, man, if you're listening, but uh, Pyong Shan Shi was one of the, I think the guy that won that 1v1 against Ketchum and he was notorious for like keeping three balls on him at all times, uh, one in each hand, and then the other one would be on the ground directly in front of him. And when a when a throw would come, he would like, with both balls, pick that one ball up and kind of chuck it in the air, or just leave it there to deaden any throws that came his way. Did you uh, do you remember watching that at all from him? Oh, definitely. I definitely saw that. And one of the things that's really interesting about the style of play that they have is one of the rules. You know, with elite, you have to throw the ball in automatically but their shaggers can hold on to the ball as long as they want. So hmm. the team strategically had players uh, hold the balls and just wait for them to be ready to use that ball. So he always had an extra ball on the outside line. So once he did throw that ball, he could always still have three balls. Was there a limitation to where a, sh- a retriever could be? Um uh, up to the middle line, like the normal middle line, but there was three re- three retrievers up and down the sides and the back line. And let me tell you, those retrievers were some of the hardest working retrievers I've ever seen, especially Lynn and Canada. Oh my God, they were running all over the court. Cats for our team, like they were just running to make sure that the players, like Malaysia, like when they needed that ball, that ball was like lock loaded and ready to go. So, a couple of things. Because, um, like, I think I saw Vince do this, um, and it was really <coughs> awesome. But so, in Nationals, uh, I think it was co ed, he, um, th- he was about to, he, I think he must have known or just counted that he was going to get caught in. But he, the ball that he was waiting for, like, the straight ball kind of rolled in his direction. And it was, I want to say, like maybe three fourths to halfway to the midline or to the attack line. And so, as soon as uh, I think maybe it was uh, Tracy caught him in, he ran for that ball full speed, grabbed that ball. And before that guy even, his target, before he even realized what was happening, Vince is already running him down. And there's like a, a maybe a five or six foot uh, distance between the two. So he, he was just dead. And I wonder if, like, if you can strategize, like, hey, you have all the time in the world to hold that ball for me c- closer towards the middle line. When somebody throws at me and I come running, you can kind of just toss that ball to me or hand that ball off to me and give me that, like, that jump. Um, Essentially. 
that that adds so much more to the game and, and strategy and it just makes the retrievers oh, yeah. much more uh valuable like it, they're part of the team still you may not be dodging and catching and whatnot but you're you're teeing up your player you're supporting like you're arming your your team that's that's awesome um have you ever played the and this is the second point have you ever played the uh the old school nintendo uh or super nintendo extreme dodgeball yes so part of the part of the team is, is people actually outside and they're passing they're passing balls to each other and coordinating like how they're gonna you know hit the other player i wonder if um I wonder if that's been incorporated in any way with these other countries that that play dodgeball in that style. Um, might be might be stretching here, but I, I really want to see that more now uh, because that that just again. Yeah, well, I could tell you. Well, I could tell you some teams didn't like their ball retrievers. They weren't necessarily like they were just there to get the ball. They didn't have the strategy. So right. I want to say it was Team New Zealand. Um, one of their ball retrievers was I was actually filming the game and I don't normally talk to the players or talk to people while I'm filming the game and I told them I'm like uh if you want to help your team go closer to the line they need the ball over there don't stand over here I'm like don't stand in the back corner with me go stand up front you're going to help your team more they lost two balls that way to the other team right I don't remember which game it was but it was on court one and I'm like guys I'm like you got to go over there you can't be over here <laughs> I'm trying to help you, and I'm not even playing. Yeah, I'm probably gonna ask this, but uh, in your whole year of watching dodgeball, do you feel like you've picked up like nuances like that that people might not realize? One hundred percent. I paid attention. I've learned more about playing dodgeball this year by not playing dodgeball than I did actually playing dodgeball. Because you know what it is, you miss those things. Right. You you miss those little tiny details, like someone standing and like basically liberty playing you a dodgeball and um you know you know watching somebody block and like toss the ball you miss that you don't see it you don't pay attention to that and so as an outsider looking you kind of like look and you're like oh i get it now Hmm. that might be one of the next steps people need to take if they want to send to the next level is actually taking some time off and watching versus uh playing constantly because like i will always be very well aware of where balls are when Vince is next to catch uh to be caught in just because of what I saw refing actually no I was just I was just spectating at that one but um man because gonna... you got you got to remember film when you're filming you're only getting that angle right you know if the if the <clears throat> say the GoPro or whatever you're putting it on the edge of the court you're only getting that one angle if you're not there and you're not actually like paying attention to what the players are doing you're going to miss it and I think that's what gives Malaysia a little bit of, uh, you know, they have to play more strategic. Although, let me tell you, some of those guys, Hong Kong and Malaysia, I don't remember which game, which team it was, but they were they were throwing the ball really hard. Hmm. And like it was from one end of the court, like they were in the back corner and they were chucking it, and I was on the other end, and I'm like, wow, that was thrown pretty hard. That's some sauce on it, as the youth probably say. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so Malaysia and Hong Kong was one of the, the notable matches. Uh, what other ones did yeah. you see that were just like, you need yeah, to go back um, and watch this? So, <clears throat> well, I want to, there's a couple, I actually have notes. And uh, one of the games that, one of the things that I wanted to touch on besides just the games were like some of the players. Um, Argentina. Argentina played Italy. 
And I don't know if you had a chance to watch that match or if anyone listening has watched that match, but that was on court one. It was an elimination game. And Argentina kept fighting back. And they had not won a single game the entire tournament. And they were within one point every single time. Mm. And they ended up losing, I want to say, eight to six. And, like, the players were just crying. They had so much heart. And, like, other teams, like Team Mexico came over and was talking to them, trying to, like, consult them. And, you know, uh, Italy was over there, like, telling them, you know, hey, you guys did great. And I'm just like, wow. I'm like, you guys, like, that's so awesome that these players, like, they just lost and they're all going out of their way to go talk to someone and be like, dude, you guys really – you know, it's their first year there, and it was Italy's, I want to say, their second year. And, like, for them to just go and be like, hey, you know, you guys gave it your all. You just don't realize it. Yeah. That was that was pretty awesome. And uh, going on to, like, other um, – I know I touched on the, the retrievers, but some of the impressive players, like, one of the fan bases that I thought – I actually had to look up his name because I didn't know. It was number 17 on Canada. Jason, I'm going to butch this name, Mergler, Mergler. He had, it's M-E-R-G-L-E-R. And he had such a fan base. Team Australia was actually his fan base. And I kept getting confused. (laughs) Yeah, no, seriously. Team Australia had like these jackets of, uh, with his picture on the back. Oh my god! <laughs> and and I've seen something like that at the other worlds with um, a European player named Steve, and I actually bought one of those shirts that said "In Steve We Trust." Oh yeah, okay. I've, I'm, I'm, <laughs> that's really fresh in my mind. I have to yeah investigate and that some more. So Jason like had this whole crew, and I didn't even realize like half the time I'm like, man, you guys have some like great players on your team, and they're like, dude, we're Australian. We're not. We're not Canadians. I'm like, what? <laughs> I didn't even realize. I was talking to the Australian team and the Australian <laughs> fans, and they were wearing Canadian stuff. And I'm like, oh, I thought you were with Canada. Sorry. And they just were big supporters of Canada. And I was like, for another country to represent a different country, I was like, that's pretty awesome that you're here just to see some amazing dodgeball. Um, Yusuf, number 14 on the men's Canadian team, he was really good. Um, there was an Australian player. I didn't have a chance to get to go back and uh, look at the footage, but uh, one of the players had told me he or one of the fans said, oh, he wasn't playing, uh, and then they ended up putting him in, and I think he made a difference. He had um, like black hair, and he was wearing like a rubber band in his hair, so it looked. I, I don't remember, but he, he, was, he was throwing some heat on, that, uh, on the Australia-Canada game. Uh, on the women's side, I'm gonna I'm gonna give a lot of props to some of the women's players on Canada, the O'Quintins, O'Quin, Queen, Twins, and Barry. Those um, they had these wicked underarm throws huh. that were like you know like the softball pitch, right? And they had some. They had some heat behind it, and I was very impressed by some of those throws. Um, I was also very impressed with the women's team Australia, where Canada was up 5 nothing in the third-place game, and Australia won eight games in a row to win. 
and I was like, holy cow. And the, then the Canadian uh, men's and Canadian, uh, the Australian men's almost had the same thing happen right after that. And I was like, wow. I'm like, this is, you literally couldn't pay to watch better dodgeball, to watch such an intense game that a team just like pounds back and doesn't give up. You're down five nothing. I'm telling you, if I'm down five nothing, I'm just like defeating myself. How many people are going to give up at that point? Right, and these guys, they the women and the men, they powered back, and I'm like, you guys have my respect, anytime. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 do or die at that point. I mean, I'm only drawing off you know nationals and elite, but like when you're representing your country, I wonder if you just find some reservoir of fortitude that you, that just pulls you through moments like that where you just give it your absolute all and go further than uh than you thought possible and you just refuse to to quit i mean as you said earlier um you know team usa had a 3-0 lead against malaysia and they just bounced right back and and said nope um we're not done um going back to players i saw jeff snow from canada and i remember him yeah. from Back when uh, for season one from three years ago with uh, with Brett, we uh, I just saw a clip of Jeff finish off. It was one v two. I think this was uh, nationals in 2014, 2015. Um, and he just it could have been twenty fifteen because because uh, Team USA won. Anyway, I'll have to go back. But he he left hand right handed, like the left he left handed. I think the guy to his right and right hand through the guy to his left. It was just bam, bam. And it was like, it was just so sexy. It was so cool looking. And then, um, as a result, we had to, we had to talk to him and, and just talk about Canada dodgeball just real briefly. Um, did you, did you, did he stand out to you at all? Or do you remember him? I just, I remember seeing him. Oh, yeah. That? I do remember seeing him. I just, uh, I just, the, you know, the watching the crowd and having the crowd that, that made Jason stand out a little bit more. But I'll I say. do remember watching because I did my homework before uh, coming on the podcast. I was watching the games uh, this afternoon at work, and uh, yeah, <laughs> that makes me really happy. <laughs> yeah, well, because I didn't want to come here and be like, uh, I don't know any of the players, <laughs> and uh, but no, I heard his name number of times, and okay. he was doing he was doing a really like he was making a lot of plays. That's awesome. Real, real, uh, still, still relevant and very humble at the time. We're like, man, so what's going through your mind when you when you made that amazing play? It's like, oh, you know, I'm just playing dodgeball. I'm like, oh, all right, <laughs> excuse us. <laughs> but I mean, he he didn't mean that in a, in a mean way. He was just just playing dodgeball, uh, having a good time. But um, <coughs> so I think you kind of mentioned some of the women. Were there any other teams or, or, or teams, countries, or or women players that stood out to you? Uh. I mean, I mean, I think the women overall played like Team Malaysia had an impressive women's team as well. Like they're they're so like their body type, they're small, and like they just crawl up into like a little ball and like they can block almost anything. And like I watched one of the girls just stretch for like twenty minutes, and I was like, if I bent that way, I would never get back up. <laughs> like I'm done. <laughs> and like just watching them like that like you know a lot of the girls even on canada like one of the girls like they you know you've seen the girls like they lay back and like they just have that full bend and i'm mm. like my knees are breaking at that point like just watching them yeah i was able to do that when i was younger but if i do that now like you said i'm, I'm not getting up 
Yeah, yeah, I'm not getting up either. Just gonna lay there forever and yep. <laughs> and I mean, obviously, there's lots of women on the uh, the U.S. team that stood out, and like the men's team. I just, you know, I wanted to give like other teams, you know, some shout out and some love. Some um, I didn't get to watch as much of uh, Team Australia as I wanted to, um, but like I did see some, and you know, they, like I said, that. They did not give up, and I was very impressed by that. The, um, I think I might have asked Emily, but it was like, who on Team USA stood out? And it was like, all of them, because <laughs> they're all <laughs> phenomenal players. So naturally, you would expect all of them <clears throat> to be just amazing. Um, but I did want to ask if, if you can recall from memory, um, Ashley Cook. She's been making Oof. quite the splash lately. Smashly. Smashly. Um, Smashly. Do you, obviously, she got MVP. Um, yeah. Do, any any idea why other than just being Ashley? Like, oh my god, <laughs> she had some amazing plays throughout the tournament. I think like I actually sent her the footage because I got it on tape for her. It was versus um, the Canadians, and she was like she had just dodged a ball and she was like laying on her back, and they threw the ball at her and she caught it as she's laying down on her back, and. I was just blown away. Like, you see the talent. Like, I watched her. Like, I've seen her at Nationals. I saw her on the 1v1. And, like, just seeing her in the game, she's just in the zone. And she just goes hard as can be. And, like, watching her, I, I want to say, I, I don't even know who I could even compare her to. Maybe, like, a, wow. a Venus Williams of... Uh, of dodgeball she's just very very impressive that's incredible um yeah speaking about laying <coughs> flat on your back with your with your knees exposed like that and then snagging a ball out of the air that's i'll have to find that i mean there, there's so much footage i still gotta go through and, and and watch just myself i heard that she had a uh, like a hip catch i don't know if you saw that maybe oh yeah 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 the little she was like turning and then like Caught it on the side. Oh man, so oh, many of these. It <laughs> was ridiculous. That's awesome. <laughs> I wish, honestly, I really wish. Like, if I was making a team, I would pick probably the entire USA dodgeball women's team over putting myself on a team because they were that good. Yeah, that's. I mean, they. There's no one on that lineup that you would ever want to face off against. Like, oh god, and, and no. take lightly, or no way. Would snooze on. And uh, I mean, massive, massive kudos to the uh, the uh, what do you call it, the combine, and, and for for creating that team, for for making that happen. Like that's that's a team I was both men and women's just super excited to see and 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 watch uh, assemble over the course of the the year that it was first announced. So it's it's good to see that Team USA is producing, for lack of better words, um, and it's it's just utilizing the best players out there and. Um, <coughs> I will say the the one thing I will say about the the USA team is I think that there's too many players on the USA team both sides. I feel like a lot of players maybe didn't get the time like the play time that they should have and right. uh you know that there was just like it was a stacked roster like how do you have like so many players like it's there was a lot of players to choose from it's it's hard to like pick and I almost feel like there was too many players. Like resource overload. I, I can definitely see that, especially when um, 
how many play oh, I'm terrible for asking this. How many players on the court? Six? Six. Yeah, so you need to find generally who's hot, you know, at least during bracket play. At that point it's we're gonna run with these six until the synergy's broken or until somebody's tired or you know, because once that groove is found, there's it's unstoppable and it's really hard to do when you throw in seven, eight, nine, ten people and try to figure out how to rotate them in. So I don't envy the coaches. Well, yeah, I don't envy the coaches either. Like like perfect example, like uh the I'm gonna give two different examples. Like the Canadians team. When the women play the Canadians team, like Paige was in there and she has that softball pitch. And so it's almost like a really good counter to the other two, the twins having the softball pitch. Whereas like in other games, uh, she wasn't as present. And then the men's team, Vince played, I think one game in the finals. Hmm. He sat down. So somebody else like Hashimoto, who was on fire the entire weekend, or um, I, I'm going to I'm going to totally screw people's names up. Uh, Ishiro ish. He's on heat. I can't remember his name. Isidro. Perez. Isidro. Yeah. I knew I was going to screw it up, and I talked to him all the time. I'm sorry, Isidro. Um, <laughs> you know, he just, he can whip that freaking uh, foam ball like I've never seen. He, Him and Hashimoto, and like watching Vince, who is like, everybody looks up to Vince and looks at Vince as like he's a leader in dodgeball. Him, watching him and Glenn sit on the sidelines so these kids, these younger guys who are better at foam can play that to me said something. I was like, that's true that's leadership huge. right there that you're going to step aside playing on the biggest stage. And like, that was amazing to see. And like Kat and Emily, they were doing, um, you know, a lot of the, the retrieving of the balls versus some of the other guys, like the men's team didn't necessarily retrieve the balls. They had other guys like Xander and, you know, retrieving the balls. So, you know, just seeing the different teams and how the coaches did things was just really unique and impressive i don't envy any of them yeah, you just, i you don't have, you have so many weapons and you just gotta figure out which combination is gonna work the best and i'm glad you mentioned isidro because i just have like the nerdiest comparison right now it's like it's like watching the avengers movie like you're so excited to watch you know iron man and captain america maybe the hulk and then you realize oh wait no thor is also in this oh wait a minute so star lord oh man and you're just like you're just so excited and it's the yeah the 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 superpowers just keep getting thrown at you like that's kind of how i saw both men's and women's like you get excited because you know kate gong is going to do something amazing or, or katie sanchez is going to just own everything but then you also forget that there's so many other players as well um and you're just like it's just it's just overload um exciting as a spectator Again, probably harder for a fur coach, but I hope that um, you know they have some good takeaways for how they're going to build Team USA uh, next year and and maybe taper off the off that. I do want to say though, I think if this was held in a different country, probably wouldn't have had that many people uh, just because of the nature of travel and, and money and expenses. Yeah. But uh, I wonder. Um, well, it's in another country. I don't know if we're supposed to air it, but I wonder if that's going to change anything. Um, as well so but it's 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 good to think about for sure for, well, for next time i think uh <clears throat> i think next year is in mexico yep uh cancun and actually uh I just one said of the... i wasn't sure if we're supposed to air that so that's on you uh, if no they announced angry. it oh okay <laughs> they <laughs> announced it there it's okay i can say it. they announced okay. it there <laughs> i was like i don't want to i don't want, I want jake's wrath. <laughs> no 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 they announced it there awesome. um one of the geos was uh 
an alternate and he didn't go. Right. And you know, it's, you know, like you said, it's, it's time, it's money, you know, it's expensive to travel. Trust me, my credit cards will tell you it's expensive <laughs> to travel. Yeah. Uh, I mean, <laughs> as an alternate, you know, it's, it's one of those things where like they have other alternates before me. I, I can totally see why you would want to sit that out on a pure budgetary means, but, um, yeah, I'm I'm already saving money for for Cancun. Uh, I'm yeah. going <laughs> well as long as the military lets me. I'm going. <laughs> um, I kind of want to go back a little bit and and talk about so some of the things that Emily really made me happy about was the fact that she mentioned the stars on the floor that had the team names, <coughs> uh, the trailers. There's bottle service, which I totally would have been all over if I wasn't at the booth. Um, what else did you? What else? did you see that was just like that hasn't been talked about that that really impressed you or just talked to the brand of wdbf that you can speak of from from memory well first off i'm going to go on the bottle service because that was impressive um you literally the bottle service tickets were 50 dollars. worth it <laughs> i would have paid 50 like court i would have paid 50 i don't even drink that much and i would pay 50 dollars <laughs> I was like, what? That's how much that ticket costs? I'm like, I'd pay $50 to sit front row at dodgeball. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I won't pay $50 to go sit, you know, in the sky, watch the Knicks play, but I will pay $50 to sit front row at dodgeball Absolutely. any day of the week, especially with bottle service. What? Like, and the, you know, speaking of the bottle service, I will say that, you know, they really went out of their way to make sure our concession stand was as top level as they can get they had like different types of alcohol they had different types of drinks they had tamales like nice. when are you going to get a tamale at a, a sporting event i was like what tamale yes please you know actually did was there any other international food that was brought um that's one thing not, we didn't really get to talk about is like the culture um yeah like i mean Seen the other flags. Uh, imagine hearing the other anthems where they played. No, no, no other anthems were played. Ugh, maybe that's no, the first thing. No, but there was the flags. The flags were all on display. Um, there was like photo booths um, for the players. That was really cool. Then there was like inter interview set up. And like one of the cool things that they did during the live feed that I loved was after the games were played, they would try and grab some of the international players and talk to them on the live feed so that nice. people could actually get to know more players around the world. And, you know, I didn't get to watch a lot of those, but I, when I was scrolling through to do my research for this uh, podcast, I noticed that. And I was like, I was like, man, I really want to go back and like watch some of them and like know who these players are. And it was, that, I really liked that. I really thought that was a, a really awesome thing. The cameras weren't intrusive. They were up high and out of the way. Um, you know, everything was communicated very well. Uh, I'm trying to think. Like, the bleachers were really... <laughs> the bleacher setup was really cool. I was like, we got bleachers in a studio. I'm like, this is so... Like, this is legit. That's awesome. Yeah, I remember earlier you were saying, like, you were filming one game and kind of, like, looking at other games. I kind of had that most... So I, I, I got to watch, uh, I think it was Wednesday night... <clears throat> Again, thank you, David Tates, for for your commentary and for and for um, Facebook living for us. Yeah, so I had uh, you know I had I had uh, Tates's broadcasting on one one screen, and I had like another feed or the YouTube feed on another monitor. 
and like four other tabs open. I was like, I, I, I just want to watch all of it. I don't know how I can do this. But I was able to focus on on Tate's because his commentary was, was hilarious. But um, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't even know how it would have been. I just would have been just sensory overload. I want to watch all of the games. I Man, it, it was just, it looked from the comfort of my home, it, it looked like <laughs> that was where you needed to be. If you had anything to do with dodgeball, you needed to be there. And I'm very envious of, of people that were. Yeah, um, on on that with this watching courts, I'm gonna. I was watching the Euros at work today. Also, um, they're gonna uh, probably be done by the time this uh, okay, launches. I saw that. But some of the feeds. Yeah, I, w- I was posting about that because that's what it was. This this is really interesting. So I didn't know that <clears throat> somebody else told me this because um, they were watching it, and you can actually in the middle of the live stream, you can actually switch cameras hmm. on the one single feed and i was like i don't know how you do that but i want to know because that is amazing was so this... like when one game when one game ended you could switch you could pick a different court or a different court angle other than the main feed and go watch that without having to go to a different link that's cool who was uh so what was it was the euro not to veer off too much but the euros in uh i believe they're in italy right now and it's uh, all of like the european like austria um ireland uh england like a whole italy like a whole bunch of like different uh european countries are all playing you know the cloth ball um and so it's been on first thing in the morning for me because i'm on the east coast so i put it on at work i'm like i'm, I'm watching dodgeball first thing in the morning this is great next four days are going to be amazing nice that was yeah that was that was the coolest thing is like I've got dodgeball on right now. Like I wish life wasn't so busy because I would this would be my weekend. I would just be watching dodgeball nonstop. Like I'd be oh, watching yeah. football. And um I mean I feel like that's that's coming closer and closer. There's always gonna be that one really awesome homie that's gonna uh stream for you. And as as the production increases, so will how it's uh, broadcast and, and maybe we can finally get Maybe we can get to a point where it's like uh, Euros, where it's you can control what camera you're watching, so you're yeah. not you're not just uh, subject to one. But I mean, even if even now, it's still pretty awesome. Um, I, I've got to figure out a better way to phrase this question, but it's one I'm always asking, and that is, you know, what what teams showed up and and what teams, I guess, from a USA perspective, gave them the hardest times. So like, obviously Malaysia, but uh, were there any other like these guys are going to give us a hard time or or um, yeah, what, what did you, uh, see? Our, you know, I want to say our neighbors, neighbors to the south and the north, both like put <laughs> up really good fights. Nice. Um, but the Canadians and the U.S. There's, you know, you would think the rivalry being there's a lot of elite players on Team Mexico. Right. You would think that would be the team that would like, both men and women would like really give like pushback. No, no, the Canadians and the the USA team were and i want to say it was probably a little bit more of the men's like they were a little bit more chippy towards each other and it was it was re- it made the game a lot interesting you know because you're like wait is something going to happen on the court besides dodgeball like is there going to be some drama here that you know oh. we got to watch out for but like everybody kept themselves in check but there was a little bit of chippiness um even in the crowd like when the when the fans were cheering, like there was some little bit of chippiness between 
you know, people rooting for Canada and U.S. And I'm just like, all right, I'm, I've got my camera ready in case something happens. <laughs> because like, I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, so chippiness, like, 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 like back talk, banter. Oh yeah, definitely some banter. I'm not using the sh word, but uh, yeah, yeah, I, I've been very good trying not to curse. I only did it <laughs> once, so yeah, there was definitely some smack talk. That's for smack sure. Smack talk. There you go. That's a good way to put yeah, it. Yeah, some smack talk, and uh, there's almost a couple of situations, and I was like, "All right, this uh, this is interesting." Canada and, and USA, huh? I, I mean, all the all the memes, all the all the jokes, are like, "Oh, Canada is just uh, Canada. Canada is just going to apologize <laughs> and they'll be polite." But uh, I guess now on the dodgeball court, huh? It's different. Listen, and and you know, I I, I think Canada, like they're they're sh- they're proving themselves. They're <clears throat> they've got some really good dodgeball players up there. You know, um, I watched I watched uh, I want to say her name is Bree. Number four on the uh, women's Canadian team. She actually played at the um, WDA Worlds. Mm. So I had saw her from there, and she was she was really good. And like when I saw her again, I'm like, oh, I remember her. She's she's got a wicked arm. And so like seeing the Canadian players, like I actually like because we don't get to see them very often. Like seeing these international players, like I really love that. And like. I didn't know. I figured, you know, the U.S. team was just going to, like, just dominate everybody. I thought they were just going to walk in and, you know, like, Golden State Warriors, everybody, and just start, like, trouncing. And that's right. what they did for the most part. But Canada and Malaysia, they they gave them a run for their money every single time. And as you can, as you know, with the Malaysia one, they Malaysia got the better in the end. But, like, they... It was close and it was tough, and I was very impressed because I got to watch a lot of amazing dodgeball. That's so. I was, you know, I look at obviously we're biased, but I look at the lineups. I'm like, there's no way this team's gonna lose. It's just not possible. And I don't know how much flack I'll get for saying this, but I'm almost, almost glad <coughs> it was not not that they lost. I'm just glad it was tough because I, I would hate for the u.s to get complacent because i feel the way team usa has been built um again possible flag coming in the last couple of years feels like it's been sloppy haphazard and not with the way that it needed to be like like it did this year so it, i would hate for that to the momentum to stop because we won like you know that famous line bane victory has defeated you yeah like, that's the thing that freaks me out the most so while i'm upset that USA didn't win, at least for the men's. Um, I'm glad it's going to keep them hungry to keep playing, to practice, to find out what they can do to improve. And I imagine it's, it's going to be the same with women's. They're, I'm sure it was a battle all three, four days, and they're not going to be complacent either. I, I just don't want this to get complacent, in other words. I hope that it, we build off of this year and, and next year we're treated to just even more intense dodgeball. And because um, it's, it's like... For me, it's like the, the 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 height of dodgeball is elite, but then it's just on the on, on a national stage. But I have no idea what to expect from European teams or from you know all these other international teams. I don't know what they bring to the table. Like I have no idea if you know number fourteen has a cannon. I have no idea if this tall dude is going to throw as hard as I think he is. Like they're just like an unknown element to every new team that's brought in, and. Um, I kind of got into a little bit with with Tasha um, with the WDA. She said I forgot what team it was, but they brought this like 
weird style that maybe you might remember where they like they hid behind each other but they, they completely changed the way you would expect a team to play and that's the kind of like new <coughs> exposure to the to the game that I'm, that I'm really excited for when you bring in uh new entities do you remember that by any chance or uh, I don't remember that specifically, but I will add to the <clears throat> fact that I think watching the international teams play does change the game of dodgeball because they don't play the way we do. Right. And so your strategy has to be different. And like watching the international teams play was fascinating at both WDA and WDBF. You know, watching these teams, like you, like you said, you don't know if you know, this player is going to have a cannon or, you know, why does Steve have a fan crew or why does, <laughs> you know, why does Jason, why is Jason have like the, the Australian team cheering for him? Like, you know, what is it that makes these players so good? And like, you know, having the twins on the women's Canadian teams that did the, the underarm pitch, you know, like that, like just seeing the style and play and like watching Malaysia, like it's just so impressive and you know i i was very impressed both both international tournaments with the style of play and i really would love to see more international play um i'm actually going to the british open uh with yeah, a I saw little, that. yeah i'm going with a fake uh usa team i am official unofficial team because i don't want anyone to give me crap i made my own team um but you know i just like just to go play against some of these international players, I am never going to be good enough to make any USA team. No matter what, I will always not be good enough. There's far better players than me forever out there. <laughs> I would be like last picked in line. Um, but just knowing that I get to go play against some of these players and like see how they play, watch them hide behind other players or watch them like chuck the ball just a little bit that it's no blocking. It's it's amazing. And I, you know, I may get a little slack for this, but like a lot of teams were happy to get third place. Hmm. The men's team was furious to get second. Furious. Like the look on their face was like they just wanted to kill people. And I saw that and I'm like, oh my God, we're going to see the most like disciplined Andrew Ketchum and, you know, most disciplined players next year that are all going to come hungry, hungry, yep. hungry, hungry to try and win Worlds because they are so mad that they got that close and they didn't get it. So that's, what, that's what I was saying when I was like, oh, I'm glad USA lost. Definitely not. <laughs> Please don't take it that way. <laughs> that's what I meant. Like, that's, I guess, the silver lining. If it was more eloquently put, it would have been silver lining is they're going to come back just to, with a vengeance. Uh, it's, and it's going to be fun watching their journeys as they do so. Yeah, I think I think it's going to be really interesting. I, I hope I get to uh, be on the USA marketing team uh, next year so I can go to the USA Combine because to watch these players going to train again for this is going to be insane. That's awesome. I do. Speaking of Ketchum and the combine, uh, in his recap, well, it was actually the full interview of Ketchum. He had just come back from the combine. So I was kind of picking his brain about it a little bit, but he had said, and this was the first time and kudos to you Ketchum for, for having the prophecy, I guess. But he said, Eli Hajimoto, that kid is the future of dodgeball. And I was like, dude, you're the future of dodgeball. You're still a child in my eyes. 
<coughs> and then to, to watch that kind of go full circle to feed the beast and, and hearing all about Elijah and, and just, or Eli, um, it's, that's awesome. Like it's, 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 it's pretty incredible how that happens. Um, to, to go from hearing a name to actually meeting him in, in the South um, team interview that I did to actually seeing him uh, play in nationals to actually seeing him being cheered and, and, and uh, chanted even for four worlds. It's, it's awesome to follow people along that journey. So again, I'm just really looking forward to what 2019 brings and, and what that team USA looks like all around. You know, I'm going to, uh, with that point, I'm going to actually say, I actually, you know, watching him play, being I traveled to two of the South rounds, I was like, all right, I don't, I don't understand why they picked this guy. And I, I, I watched him at the combine and I didn't really like, maybe it was the, like, because he ha- he's so young. I was just like, I don't, I don't know. And then seeing him on the court at Worlds, I totally changed my I opinion. Got it. You know, I was like, why'd they pick him? I'm like, I don't get it. Like, how is he like, and then watching him, I was like, holy cow. Now I see, I missed that. And like, I'm an outsider watching and I missed it. Right. And so seeing him like underestimate, like everyone in the audience, why I was, I was literally standing with my camera answering people. People were talking to Ashtar and they were saying, oh my God, how old is that kid? They're like, uh, he's 17. And then they were looking at Mike McGee. And they're like, oh my God, how old is he? And I'm like, uh, not old enough to drink. Like these guys, these guys are insanely good and they're so young. Like the OG panel, you guys were talking about wheels falling off. I wish, I wish I was young like them coming right. into the sport with the years ahead that, you know, they're going to have the opportunities to play all over the world. Like I don't, we never had that. We never had that opportunity really. And that's just amazing. It is. It's incredible to think about what it's like to come in to dodgeball on this level where all this is already laid out, all the fights, all the uh, the feuding organizations have, for the most part, dissipated. And it's, you know, we old people think this is the height of dodgeball where new guys come in, they're going to basically think this is the standard. It's like, oh, no. The standard <laughs> was once uh, you have an enclosure and some balls, you got a dodgeball tournament. Let's see who shows yeah. up. <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> You're going to have some cones. That's yeah. where you don't cross. There's yeah. no line. You just, you know, you be honest. And, Honor you know. system. And uh, <laughs> maybe you'll have a ref. Maybe you won't. Maybe he'll be drunk. Maybe he won't. I, we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Speaking of OG panel, uh, just a quick teaser. I've, I've started reaching out to people from other regions um, in hopes of capturing those stories, too. So it's definitely not... Uh, something I'll keep saying this to him blue in the face or typing it, but this is not beholden to the West. Like the East has a story, the South, the North, the Northeast, well, if, Northwest. If you need to, if you need to know the South, I, uh, I grew up in Florida and I can tell you how docile and empty the, uh, dodgeball scene was there. Awesome. We can definitely compare notes. Uh, <laughs> that was a long winded invitation to you being on it. So perfect. <laughs> well, Hey, then that, there's a teaser. Cause I'm going to be on another one with you, uh, relatively soon. I'm pretty excited about. Yeah. So let, let's, uh, it's been really hard not to just delve, and I keep saying this, but I mean it too. It, it's like, hey, I want you to talk about dodgeball, but recap and only recap. And next thing you know, I have a full-on standalone inter- interview with uh, Brenda Kramer because I just can't help myself. And I know I definitely want to do that with Emily, but uh, yeah, absolutely want to do that with you as well. And um, man, if, if I'm just holding back the questions. But um, <laughs> let me tell you, that Brenda Kramer one was probably one of my favorite ones. She gave 
so much insight on dodgeball. And I can tell you, just you can ask me questions like that, like watching the teams play and how they, I would like to say, uh, practice and right. not practice. Um, hers, hers was very insightful. Yeah, she, uh, when, when I was done recording that, I just like sat here in this booth and I was just like, the thousand yard stare of just like, wow, I just, I just got hit with a sense of motivation and an appeal to being a better person that I haven't felt in a long time. Um, and I, and I, that again, I don't want to sound like an a-hole, but like, I usually don't have a hard time finding that motivation. It's usually around me pretty, pretty easily, but there's just something about that that just really brought out, I don't know, something like, like we have a fitness group now because of that, like that, yeah. that kind of inspired that whole thing. And I'm um, part of that fitness group, her, her and miles. Yeah trying to like help the dodgeball community with that. And that's, you know, that's so like light years beyond what anyone could expect from people who are personal trainers to like, just go above and beyond to help your fellow dodgeballer. Oh, that's like incredible. that's just amazing. None of that, just like your fellow human being too. And that's for all the, again, all the flack that dodgeball community can get. Cause you know, any, any family is going to have its, you know, dysfunction here or there, but like, you know, multiply that by like 2000, you're going to have fights, you're going to have arguments. But I think at the end of the day, um, people will come together and they'll, they'll elevate you and, and you'll find wow. the support that you need. And um, I'm, I'm excited uh, to, to see what evolves from that, just from people stepping up because they want to get better. They want to put the work in and people like Brenda and people like Miles are are just there to help. It's it's really inspiring. So that shout is. out to you guys for that if you're listening. <clears throat> definitely um definitely need to have them all on the on the on the podcast again um i think uh i think that's all i've got though for wdbf unless you've got anything else that we might have glossed over um i know i'm i'm sure that you and i will have a very fun long conversation and i will probably sing lots of praises for the dodgeball community because the dodgeball community has been so good to me in my filming so I'm pretty excited uh, for our podcast that we're going to do soon. Me too. Yeah, I definitely want to take my time and, and just focus on, on that. So I guess with that, man, uh, thank you so much for, for hopping on and helping me recap again just to kind of round out the full experience of WDBF and definitely appreciate it. Anytime. Can't wait for, uh, you know, the next one and, you know, the listeners, if they have any questions for that next one. I'm sure you'll have a post up and be ready for it. Oh, for sure. All right, so we'll go ahead and end the interview there. All righty, so that was a bit of a recap um, of the WDBF Worlds uh, Championship Tournament that took place quite a few weeks ago at this point. Again, so sorry for the delay, but um, I just could not uh, could not not cover it. So Emily, thank you so much for hopping on. Dominic, thank you so much for hopping on as well and helping me put this together. Um, to the guys that I reached out to initially to help me put this together, I'm so sorry for not being able to coordinate with you guys and make this happen. But um, I'm honestly kind of happy to talk to Dominic finally. As I mentioned when we were talking earlier, you know, this is something I've been wanting to do for a while. And boy, I, I cannot wait to actually talk to him um, separately in an interview as well as Emily. Um, I think it's just going to be par for the course now. If you come on and you are a panelist, be prepared to be interviewed because there, there's a ton of people in previous panels that I really want to, uh, to, to interview for season three. 
So on that note, just going to kind of leave it at that. Um, Hope everybody has a great rest of your evening, great rest of your week, and uh, we'll catch you next time. This is not going to be the easiest thing to say, but I wanted to at least take a quick moment um, and just offer my sincerest condolences to the Cushing family and to those friends and family that were closest to him. Um, it, It would be, I would just be completely dishonest if I did not address this in some way, um, given everything that's gone on in the last three weeks. Um, I definitely wanted to address it sooner, but I wasn't sure how. So um, it it just sucks. it's, It's incredibly tragic to see what happened and especially as the details continue to unfold. And it's just one of those things that really kind of reminds you about what matters most in life, and that's just your loved ones. And if I may be so bold, I would love to uh, to address just how supportive the dodgeball community has been. And I almost mentioned this earlier when I was talking with Dominic about how um, how the community can still show what it's best at. And to see people come together, um, and address this and and offer their thoughts and prayers and their support um especially to rob uh for for all that's gone on with him has been what i feel is what really does make this community a community you know we may have our variances and whatever not going to get into that but but when it really matters most we will come together and we will be a family for each other and um again i just wanted to just kind of address that as well um Again, it's just, it's incredibly sad. And um, while I didn't know Patrick personally, I'm, I'm envious of those that did because obviously they're saying so many incredible things about him. He really seemed like an awesome person. And it's it's one of those things where like you, you know this person from familiarity, you know him because you've faced off against him across the court, him or her. And to just lose somebody, even in that proximity, is, is tragic. And um, without being... Uh, too long-winded again i just wanted to offer um my thoughts and and my condolences just towards that and just know that um it's it's a loss that i think everyone has felt is feeling but um as long as we continue to support each other we'll we'll get through it and we'll we'll do our best to to honor him and his passion for the sport and the legacy that he is no doubt leaving behind so just wanted to uh to address that